0: Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the On Bengals podcast today it is just me so you get to deal with my thoughts on the Cincinnati loss to the Oakland Raiders today and we're gonna start right there Ryan Finley and the Cincinnati Bengals remain grounded in Oakland in his second career start the Bengals match the worst start to a season in franchise history at 0-10 The Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Oakland Raiders 17-10 in a game when Ryan Finley could never get it going. He finishes the game 13-31 for for just 115 yards. That works out for Finley to a 41.9% completion percentage and only 3.7 yards per carry. Both of those numbers are significantly worse than what he did against Baltimore when he completed 53% of his passes for 5.6 yards per attempt, And neither of those marks are very good at all. Finley again in this game turned it over twice with an interception and he lost a fumble. He took five sacks. Was not a very good game for the Cincinnati offensive tackles who were repeatedly just beaten. Again and again, mostly by Max Crosby, who had a total of four sacks and three other tackles for a loss to go along with four quarterback hits, and what's got to be one of the best games any rookie edge rusher has put up this year, including Nick Bosa, who's been absolutely fantastic for San Francisco. On the defensive side of the ball, however, for Cincinnati, they held the Raiders to just 17 points. Some really good performances from the defensive line, which had three sacks of its own, Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins. Carl Lawson and Sam Hubbard, all of the starters, really, the guys that play a lot of snaps on the defensive front, contributed either with a sack or with pressures or with tackles for a loss. And Josh Tupo had an incredible game, especially for a nose tackle. He had five solo tackles, a lot of those of the run-stop variety, and had a tackle for loss. Really great game, I think, for Josh Tupo, who this season has been one of the best overachievers I would say on the entire Bengals roster from a fringe nose tackle guy to a player who has made some really memorable plays this season, had a forced fumble on Josh Jacobs in this game that the Bengals recovered on their way to just the second time this season, they've led a game by a touchdown to zero. The other time was when Brandon Wilson returned the opening kickoff against the Baltimore Ravens for a touchdown. So the second time this season, the Bengals go up seven to zero Starts with Josh Dupo forcing a fumble after Ryan Finley gives it up on a strip sack. Joe Mixon goes on to really will the Bengals to that first touchdown. He was running the ball very well early in this game. And credit Zach Taylor in that perspective, at least. This team has found a way to attack the last two weeks in the running game. They've started using toss sweep plays and it's been very effective. Mixon is using his acceleration to get outside and the blocking has been just good enough. While not great to open up lanes for Mixon to use his acceleration and speed to gain chunk yardage. He finished the game with just 15 carries, but he ended up with 86 yards, averaging 5.7 yards per attempt. That includes a 30-yard long rush. And this was added by... Giovanni Bernard, who had three carries for 30 yards, averaging 10 yards per carry. Tyler Boyd took a little end around, a little reverse play for 10 yards. And Ryan Finley himself, the best thing Finley did today, I think, was run the ball. He scrambled for 47 yards on just three carries. So in total, the Bengals ended up with 22 carries for 173 yards, which is 7.9 yards per rushing attempt. On the other side... Finley threw for 115 yards on 31 passes and he took five sacks for a loss of 42 yards. If you include sacks in his yards per attempt and instead call it yards per drop back, the Bengals averaged less than three yards per pass play. There's no way that at this point, Ryan Finley is even close to the quarterback of Andy Dalton. At this point in the season, I would say that Ryan Finley isn't even as good of a backup as we thought he might be. He is struggling to throw outside the numbers. He's struggling to throw with any kind of velocity deep. He threw an interception on an attempted back shoulder throw at the end of the game there. He's trying to get it to Alex Erickson, but couldn't put enough touch on it. Couldn't locate the ball well downfield. Should have thrown a pick six that, again, the Raiders corner sat on an out route, far hash. And there's just not enough mustard on the ball. It doesn't get out there fast enough Gives the corner plenty of time to make a break on the ball. And he just drops a should have been pick six. So Ryan Finley really had a pretty bad football game, not helped by the offensive tackle play. They had their hands full with Max Crosby. And outside of that, the play calling might've gotten a little bit skewed and a little bit pass happy in the second half in a game when the running game was working very well. The defense, to reiterate, played well enough. They only gave up 17 points. Defensive line played really well. There were some issues in the secondary, but by and large, you give up 17 points. You got to give your offense the lion's share of the blame. And that's how this one goes down. The Bengals dropped to 0-10, 10-17 to 17 to the Oakland Raiders in their last trip to the Black Hole.
1: Guys, let's talk about sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Let me tell you, we get free samples, and if you think Marshawn Lynch has a good stiff arm, you've seen nothing yet. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So, no in person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKED ON. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's blue dot Promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast.
0: Listeners to this show know that Joe and I think that the Bengals will be best served picking number one overall and drafting their quarterback. Our friends at the Kimpton, Miami Luxury Hotel, newly renovated, is calling on all Bengals fans to cheer their team on to victory, or the first pick of the draft if you listen to this podcast. And you do. Located in the middle of downtown Miami, minutes to the hottest restaurants and bars, infinite options for you to enjoy and escape the cold. And it's only 10 minutes to the beach and 20 minutes to Hard Rock Stadium, where the Bengals will play Miami in the battle for that first overall pick, which at this point looks like it'll be Joe Burrow unless things change. If you needed any other reasons to make the trip outside of escaping winter and watching the team in its most important game this year, the Epic Kimpton is offering special discounted rates of just $149 per night. Use code UG9. That's code UG9 at the Epic Kimpton Miami for $140 a night. On top of that, our friends at the Epic Kimpton reached out to the Dolphins and got you friends and family rates on tickets. Go over to the Lockdown website or our, check out our Twitter account for discounted rooms and tickets. The average low in Miami in December, by the way, 65 degrees. Go check that out. Again, use code UG9 for 149 a night at the hotel. And check out our Twitter page for a link to $35 tickets. If you want to go down to Miami and watch this game. And so the Bengals lose. They drop to 0-10. and I'm going to take some time here to talk about the things that went well for the Bengals. I want to start out with the positives here in the first segment. It really isolates to the defensive line. And I think Joe Mixon had a very, very good game. Look at player by player on the defensive line because I think they all had contributions that are worth talking about. Carl Lawson had his first sack of the game, just beat the left tackle outside, almost got a strip sack on Derek Carr. Shocked he actually held on to the ball. It was a really good swing at the ball, really good awareness from Derek Carr to hold on to it there. So nice to see Carl Lawson get back out there, just win running around the arc, getting his sack, almost a strip sack in this game against Oakland. And generally the pass rush, I think, Carl Lawson, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, all in on sacks today, looked a lot better, and that should be no surprise to anybody, because this was a Bengals' closest game since week one, when I think the pass rush had moderate success against Russell Wilson, who's much more evasive than Derek Carr. In addition to the pass rush, Geno Atkins, by the way, another two-sack game, Carlos Dunlap, Got a half sack for ESPN, so he'll be credited with a sack for Pro Football Focus because there's no such thing as half sacks for PFF, so good for those guys getting some pressure on the quarterback. Sam Hubbard showed up in the fourth quarter in particular with a few run stops to give the Bengals' offense another chance to go down the field and tie the game. Of course, that didn't work out, but that's not Sam Hubbard's fault. He had a really good fourth quarter with a few key run stops. But the guy I want to talk about the most, and I talked about him a little bit in the open, is Josh Tupo, who just had a spectacular game. And I have heaped praise onto Tupo all year. I was blown away by Josh Tupo being the only Bengal, it feels like, to tackle Lamar Jackson in the open field this year. The first time the Bengals played the Ravens, it was a red zone play. Tupo found himself one-on-one with Lamar Jackson at the line of scrimmage on the outside left part of the field. And he manages to bring him down all by himself. Really spectacular stuff for a nose tackle type. Ends up with five solo tackles on the day according to ESPN's box score. And was just showing up all over the place in the run game. Had a really nice tackle for a loss. Was plugging up run lanes. Was chasing guys down. Had that forced fumble I mentioned on Josh Jacobs where there's a safety holding on for dear life. Just trying to make sure somebody else can come in and bring Jacobs down. And, and from the back, Tupou comes in and punches the ball right out. So that's a fantastic play for the nose tackle. So a lot of kudos goes out to all of the defensive line players. Even Andrew Billings, who I haven't mentioned yet, had a really nice game. Doing what he does at the nose tackle position, pushing the pocket, was partly responsible for one of Gino's sacks where Derek Carr tried to step up. But Billings had pushed the center right back, and there was nowhere for Carr to escape. Leads to Gino getting a sack. I noticed Billings had a few nice run stops himself, so some credit to really all of those players along the defensive line. The other thing that was good for the Bengals today was Joe Mixon. Again, really showcased that his acceleration and burst is his best weapon. Can take away angles from guys, and Zach Taylor, as I mentioned again in the open, has started to go away from only using that outside zone that we saw almost exclusively from the Bengals earlier this year, and they just don't have the personnel to execute very well, especially on the offensive line. Instead, we've seen from the last two weeks, as they've had some success against both the Ravens and at this point the Raiders, they are going to this toss-sweep game plan. And against the Ravens, we saw them use a toss up the middle, which is a weird little play where I think it's probably trying to drive the eyes outside and then Mixon's coming up inside. But on that first drive of the game, like a second drive of the game, after the 2 force fumble, Mixon really did all the work for the Bengals getting downfield. Finley hit a wide-open Tyler Eifert in the middle of the field when the Raiders came with maybe not a zero blitz, but at least rushed six. And nobody covered up Tyler Eifert in time. Finley got it out quick. That was the only play that I recall from that drive that wasn't just Joe Mixon who had a number of runs in this game for 8, 9, 10 yards, had a big 30-yard run early on, and then had a touchdown that was completely bottled up on the front side of the play, does a spin move, cuts back all the way across the field, does essentially all the work himself, right? And then the Bengals go in and score the touchdown. Those are the big positives for this game. Some Something to build on, some positive performances on the defensive line, and I'd say Jesse Bates also played a better game today. He almost jumped a slant early in the game was about a step late from getting two interceptions in this game. Uh, but he sat on that route after that. So the second time the Raiders run that kind of concept where Hunter Renfro starts to start, starts taking steps outside and then cuts it off, comes back and it's kind of an angle route more than it's a slant, but it ends up being kind of a slant for the safety. Both times, Hunter Renfro got inside the corner, William Jackson, and the first time, Bates was a little bit late. Didn't recognize it, maybe got stuck somewhere else. The second time, despite Trent Green saying Derek Carr stared the guy down, the the video replay shows very clearly that Derek Carr looks the safety off, tries to look the safety off. He's looking right and deep, then comes back to the slant on the left side of the field, and Jesse Bates is just there. He's seen this play three times in this game now. He's certainly seen it on film. Sounds like he talked about it as well. If you read the Bengals.com interview, when he talked about the interception, said that he saw that on tape, was ready for it. And you saw him drive on that ball twice. One time he got the interception, the other time just one step late. So Jesse Bates playing a little bit better today. I thought he was hitting pretty hard. Saw some good physicality from him coming from the deep free safety position. And I thought that he was mostly in pretty good position for much of the game. I think that about wraps up the things that I noticed in this game that were particularly positive. I did want to make sure that I mentioned that because for much of this season, we've been saying, man, just give us something positive, right? Give us something to build on. And I think today, despite the fact that maybe the Raiders' offensive line isn't great, Derek Carr played really well. The Raiders are a team that are right in the middle of the playoff race and the Bengals only lost on the road where the Raiders have been very, very good at home. Lost on the road by just a touchdown. Had a chance to go down and tie it there at the end of the game. Left a lot of points on the field, really. Especially running the ball as well as they were. Just couldn't get out of their own way passing the ball. And that's where we're going to go next. We're going to talk about Ryan Finley and his passing performance here in just a minute. But I do have something to tell you about first. The Lockdown Podcast Network has a number of sponsors that will give you, our listeners, great deals. And I know sometimes you listen in the car and you can't always check out the websites we tell you about right away or sign up for the apps or whatever it is. So you can go to lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Get a look at all of the offers we currently have going on on the Locked On Podcast Network. For example, right now there's a website, awaytravel.com slash locked on. You can use a promo code locked on during checkout and get $20 off a suitcase. If you need a new suitcase for any reason, maybe you're going down to Miami to visit the Kempton Miami watched the Bengals play the Dolphins, which could be, again, for that first overall pick. So go check that out, LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. See what all the offers are in case you've heard about something on the podcast that you thought was cool and haven't had a chance to check it out. Again, that's online at lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? All right, so unfortunately, we have to get into the bad side of the Cincinnati Bengals game today against the Oakland Raiders. And it really starts, and I'm going to spend most of my time, I think, talking about Ryan Finley, who just does not look ready to play in the NFL. And for his age, you would certainly hope that at this point, there's not much development to be done, but maybe the mental aspect comes around a little bit. Ryan Finley just doesn't look like he is even possibly the answer. And I don't know how much more Zach Taylor could need to see to know that for sure. And and sure, Ante got hurt today. So he's playing with Alex Erickson, Tyler Boyd. Tyler, Tyler Boyd had three targets today. Didn't catch any balls. And he wasn't getting separation, but the passes that came to him, the defender was getting in there right when the ball got there too. And you wonder, well, maybe a little bit of velocity makes a, a difference there. Gives Boyd a chance to get his hands on the ball first. Doesn't give the defensive back as much time to drive on it. Untake continues to lead the Bengals in receiving and had a scary injury today. He got on the plane in a neck brace, as I mentioned, but he had six targets, caught four passes for 56 yards, including that play he went out on a big 20-yard catch to convert an and-19 to go. Gave up his body, converted the play. Didn't end up leading to anything, but good for on Tate. Eifert, like I mentioned, had a 18-yard catch against a zero blitz. Geo and Joe, the running backs, caught one pass each for 16 and 17 yards respectively. Joe Mixon had a drop. Sounds like Zach Taylor thinks that they left some yards on the field in the screen game, be that because... Of the design of the screenplays, it continues not to even ask the offensive lineman to chip anybody, or the drop from Joe Mixon there, or errant accuracy even on the short throws. I thought Ryan Finley struggled with his accuracy, and that's really what it comes down to in this game for Finley. I thought he had really poor accuracy issues, and of course he just wasn't throwing the ball downfield. They they took a couple shots downfield one of them notably to Damian Willis on the fourth and four that pretty much ends the game. Just puts up a jump ball, essentially. Willis gets one hand on it, has a chance to bring it in, but, I mean, that throws into double coverage. It doesn't necessarily give Willis the best chance. I mean, even Finley after the game said, I need to throw a better ball there. Kind of makes you pine for the days of Andy Dalton where his at least adequate arm strength gets the ball to its target. He threw an interception. He gave up a strip sack fumble. A lot of you want to blame John Jerry for that, and I won't fight you hard on it, but, you know, that's one of the strengths of his game, Ryan Finley. He's supposed to have this good pocket awareness, and he doesn't seem to have any idea that there's pressure coming on his blind side, knocks the ball loose, so not good on that front either But the tackles also played just really, really poorly. Worth talking about that again. Max Crosby, who's a guy that Joe and I had really high on our draft board, actually was very, very productive in college. Had four sacks, three tackles for a loss, and four more hits on Ryan Finley. There just was nobody, neither of the tackles, were having anything to do with blocking Max Crosby. Deion Jordan, yeah, that. Deion Jordan, the guy who hasn't been able to stick anywhere, he had a sack, too, and another QB hit. Not a good day for the tackles at all. And I think to add to that, I think Sean Williams had a pretty shaky day. He missed some tackles. Looks like there was a coverage bust where Nick Vigil tried to hand off the tight end on the early touchdown for the Raiders to Sean Williams, but Sean Williams kept running Cross the back of the end zone with his guy. Handoff didn't happen. Touchdown Foster Moreau. And that's the kind of mistake that you can't have when apparently giving up just 17 points isn't enough for your offense. Who you just, again, just absolutely miserable for the offense this entire game. The Bengals possessed the ball for only 24 minutes and 38 seconds despite running the ball really well. They got away from the run in the second half. Oakland had the ball for 35 minutes and 22 seconds. They also ran the ball pretty well, but I think the Bengals' run defense was pretty good. All things considered, with how good Josh Jacobs is, he had 23 carries for 112 yards, but the Raiders on the whole had 34 carries for 113 yards. So the the Raiders added to Josh Jacobs 23 carries another 11 carries that went for one yard. So when Josh Jacobs wasn't carrying the ball, the Raiders only averaged what 0.1 yards per rush essentially no gain the Bengals held Josh Jacobs roughly to his season average 4.9 yards per carry he's averaging 4.8 he got loose for 120 yard run was essentially having a very similar day to Joe Mixon but just had more quantity ended up with 23 carries as the Raiders were leading down the stretch and they needed to bleed some clock Darren Waller predictably had a pretty good day. Five catches for 78 yards. Jermaine Pratt in coverage got lost on Waller once. Missed a tackle in the backfield at one point as well on Josh Jacobs. So another day where you, I guess, chalk it up to learning experience for Pratt, who was in a bit of a rotation with a Hardy Nickerson, who comes up off the practice squad. And Hardy Nickerson was playing early in the, for, in the first quarter. Jermaine Pratt did play a lot in this game, though, which you need to see. He's essentially the only rookie they had out there in this one, so nice to see him getting some playing time. And I guess not the only rookie. There's also the undrafted receivers, Willis, who had one target coming up off the practice squad, and Stanley Morgan, who was invisible on offense. Totally invisible. Alex Erickson, by the way, targeted five times, had one catch. Actually had, yeah, one catch for zero yards, tackled right at the line of scrimmage. That was another play when the Bengals probably had a miscommunication blocking. And I think Max Crosby was coming free. And Finley just has to dump it off into the flat uh, to his hot guy uh, on on an unblocked play. And Erickson caught it but got tackled right away. CJ Uzama had two catches on five targets for five yards. And I thought Uzama was... He was was a target of a lot of short passes that Finley was errant on. He was putting him behind. So not a very good day for the offense secondary I thought struggled Derek Carr 25 of 29 10.1 yards per attempt yet he did throw the one interception to Jesse Bates he was sacked three times but overall I mean you complete 25 of your 29 passes you're having a good game the secondary was not winning their matchups and even when the defensive line was getting pressure Carr was finding guys open and Carr made some really good throws in this one but there's also just space for those throws to be had So a game where there are some positives coming out of the game. Joe Mixon, good game for him. Didn't notice the interior offensive line a ton. We'll have to go back and see how they played. But the pressure was really coming from the edges. So I have a suspicion that the interior offensive line played well. Something that we'll have to see upon rewatch and see what Pro Football Focus thinks to give us that extra data point, that extra reference point. And the defensive line, I thought, played really well. And Jesse Bates finally started to flash a little bit of what we saw from him as a rookie. So some positives, a lot of negatives, a lot of the same negatives we've had all year. Bad quarterback play. This team needs a quarterback. Bad tackle play. This team needs at least one tackle if Jonah Williams is ready to play next year. And I personally would love to see Lou Anarumo stop using their pass rushers in coverage. There was a play where I think Darren Waller had a pretty nice catch down in the red zone more than 10 yards. And they're using Carl Lawson in a bump coverage over Waller, and then he drops into his zone. So instead of rushing the passer, he bumps Waller ineffectively, drops into his zone, releases Waller into space, and he's wide open. Gets Gets the Raiders down inside the five-yard line. So stuff like that, stuff like leaving these linebackers on islands and coverage, it's just getting picked on every time. There's another play I remember where Derek Carr quickly identifies that Brandon Wilson is manned up in the slot and he just picks on him right away. Third down conversion, easy does it. So there's just stuff that's really easy to recognize pre-snap and opposing offenses are taking advantage of the schematic deficiencies in my opinion from the Bengals defense and yes certainly better athletes better players can make some of these plays but when you don't have them you have to coach to what you have you have to call plays to what you have and instead the Bengals just seem to be getting exploited week after week again best game of the year for the defense from a points perspective they had two takeaways held the Raiders to 17 points gave up just under 400 yards which I guess is okay for this team, but a lot of room for improvement, especially in the secondary, obviously at linebacker. And we'll see how they do next week. You'll get Joe's thoughts tomorrow. He'll be back for at least a segment. We'll get some more insight as the PFF grades roll in, give us things to check out when we rewatch the game to the extent that we rewatch the game. And I guess the last thing I'm going to talk about here for just a second is Tua Tagovaiola had a very scary injury. In his game against Mississippi State on Saturday, broke his hip, dislocated his hip. Reportedly had a a wall fracture as well, which is reportedly similar to the injury that Bo Jackson had. But the Alabama training staff, medical staff, the football program released a statement that said the injury was reduced at the stadium. And I think he was due for surgery today, Sunday? didn't hear anything about how that surgery went, but the medical staff in Alabama did say that he's expected to make a full recovery. He will have plenty of time until the combine at this point. He's done for the year. Really unfortunate, because he's fun to watch play football. And we'll have to see if he's healthy at the combine. That's going to be a big question. But it is a big deal that they managed to reduce the injury, reset the hip at the stadium. Before they had to helicopter him to a nearby hospital, he went to Birmingham. And he's hopefully going to get the best treatment they can get. Hopefully that guy gets a chance to go on and make money for being a great athlete because as you all know, college athletes are not paid and this kid's also close to realizing a lifelong dream, had a good chance of being a top quarterback picked in the NFL draft. And you hope, I hope he still has a chance to prove that he's healthy enough to be picked there because before this injury, he was still my QB1. Despite how good Joe Burrow's been, the age difference still made two of my QB1. So for personal reasons, for myself, for the Bengals, for wanting to see him be a Bengal for his own sake, for being a kid who is close to playing quarterback in the NFL at the highest level, who has been excellent for Alabama, who deserves all these chances, you hope he just recovers. And I hope he does. Modern medicine do your thing that's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown bengals podcast joe is still working nights tomorrow but you will get one segment from him barring unforeseen scheduling issues until then bengals fans the bengals still own the number one pick in the nfl draft of the season were to end today and so you can go into the night or day having a good one
1: hey prime members